Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, chula. It's me, Dalida. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Your Latina Nutrition. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation meant for educational purposes. We are dietitians, but we're not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're looking for a community, tools to ditch the diet, help with finding authentic health and keeping your culture alive, join my membership brought to you by today's sponsor, me. Hola, hola, chulas. Hello there. We have just completed our intuitive eating series. That means we went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten principles in a really short time. I hope everyone yep. has their head on straights <laughs> with all that information we just gave you. It was a lot. It was a lot, but it was fun because I feel like this is something that everybody needs, especially of, of one, a refresher, and two, for anybody that was like, what the hell are you ladies talking about? Because I just got here. <laughs> The set of principles. And we thought to kind of like debrief and recap the experience this episode and next episode, Delina and I want to talk to you about our whys, why we care so much about intuitive eating, why we love supporting mm-hmm. you. And we want you to do that too, because otherwise it's going to be hard to organize all those skills into action. So yes, you're my interviewee today, Delina. I am. I'm being interviewed today. Oh God, And I just find <laughs> you so adorable and interesting. So I'm just excited to Don't do be putting this kind of pressure on me. <laughs> no pressure. Just be who you are. <laughs> All right. So everyone knows how we met. We had met, we're internet friends, first mm-hmm. and foremost. I saw a, a video of Delina talking about how she loves to dance bachata. Yeah. And I like fancy myself a dancer, even though I am not <laughs> nearly as good as you. Um, and I was like, can you teach me this? That was our, our first message. I was like, what is this? I yeah. want her. <laughs> And from there, you know, we started realizing like, oh my God, she, she's saying the same things I am. Like we felt so connected in our message. Yes. I I don't know if we've actually ever talked about this. Like, when did you realize intuitive eating was something that you really cared about that you wanted to center your practice around? So I don't think I knew, like, I didn't have a word for it. Like I didn't know intuitive eating was a thing. And I think that this is something that I often discuss sometimes when we're talking about when people interview me and they're like, well, what do you call it in Spanish? I'm like, well, technically there is a word for it. Like, you know, nutrición intuitiva or whatever, but I feel like it does, doesn't translate very well, just in other languages or whatever the case may be. I just feel like it's just freaking eating. (laughs) Like it's just like normal life relationship with food people that are intuitive eaters just have this like great relationship with food it's not a stressor so like I feel like we call it intuitive eating but like I was an intuitive eater like my whole life so for Mm -hmm. me it was just like this natural thing that I just didn't have a word 
to attach it to. And, and, and you wouldn't so, need it. Like, yeah, yeah, dieting didn't, need didn't it. exist, yeah, you yeah. would not need it. You a wouldn't need it, exactly. So for me, it was just always this like constant struggle and push in dietetic school to really learn, right? Because I wanted to learn, like I wanted to be like the best dietitian I could be, but something inside me was just like, this isn't right. And I just like, didn't have a word for it. Like, I just didn't know what it was. And I feel like I fell through some like rabbit holes in like dietetic (laughs) school, like that one time, like a few weeks where I was like, no sugar. And I was only doing like Splenda and then freaking had like the worst migraines of my life from it. Yeah. <laughs> or like everything has to be whole grain. And my poor mom is like, what? What are you talking about? Right. So like, I feel like it definitely fell through those like rabbit holes and like drank the Kool-Aid yeah. for a little bit, but it only, it was so short-lived. Yeah. So short-lived because like, I never, I like never wanted to diet and it wasn't ever something that was put upon me. I've always been in a straight size body. I've always been the, like the child or even the cousin or the family member who could eat. Right. And like, not worry about it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. always that, like, everybody knows they have somebody in their family where like, Oh my God, that person can just like eat and not worry about it. Right. It was always like, like the common discussion, like, oh, whatever, like, we don't have to worry about her, right? right. Like, we don't have, she's not the problem child. She's like not protected the problem you from yeah. Way. yeah, yeah. So like, I always feel like I was so shielded from diet culture. Like I saw people doing it. I saw everyone around me immersed in it. And I feel like such a hypocrite, but like, I just like, bleh. like, it wasn't like a thing for me. And I feel like I feel like a hypocrite saying that, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. wrong saying like there's such guilt involved in saying that that like I had this life where I was like shielded from diets because it was never like truly placed upon me. So that that brings a lot of like guilt and shame to me when I speak about it because I'm like, why me? Right. Like why was I protected and shielded? And but other people I see me? you shift that into like protection and passion. Like you're you're a really yeah. protective personality and like <laughs> muy loyal. Okay. Like if <laughs> We won't go into the drums, but I told Delina about something that happened in my life. And she was like, oh, okay, like, Delina has your back. Um, and I think, yeah, like it, there's like a sadness that comes up. Like, yeah. why is it unfair? Why yeah. did I get this privilege and this protection? Mm-hmm. And some people don't. That shows up in your work a lot. Like your BS detector is super <laughs> sensitive. Like you, you can, you can smell the stink. You- <laughs> well, that's the cancer. I mean, <laughs> You can tell when there's some BS going on. So like, even in like your dietetic classes, it sounds like you were experimenting with stuff from like a student's lens. Like, and I felt this way in school too. Like if I'm not going to tell someone to do something, any diet I put someone on back in the day before, I was like, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Um, Which totally triggered some weird stuff, but yeah, like there is this part of you that tried it as a student, but it sounds like you, your body kind of bucked it, your mind yeah. bucked it, you didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. And so, yeah, so like I didn't have this word to it. And I feel like, yeah, you know, you graduate, you go to dietetic school, you're obviously putting people on these diets, right? But in the back of my mind, I was like, but, you know, we never have to give up our cultural foods. Like we never have to do that in order to quote unquote lose weight. Like we can do portion control. We could do all of these things, right? Like everything we were taught to say and do, but I was just like, I always thought to myself, how in the world, like, you know how you have like those little, like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, like in the back of my head, I always thought like, 
how is this even possible? How could this be true when like my grandma fed us all the same and we were all different yeah. sizes, right? Like, how could this be true when like I'm sitting next to my cousin, like double fisting, like Make rice. Yeah, right. And like, she's barely eating, but we're in different sizes. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a part of me that was like, and my family has like no history of like a lot of like no chronic issues. And like, we eat rice and beans every day. And, you know, we eat a lot of pork and a lot of chicken and a lot of fish. Like we have such a very protein diet. And the, like, to me in my head, it was like, make it make sense. Like what I'm taught in school, make it make sense. Cause from my personal experience, right. it is not making sense so I feel like I often say like it was a it was a a point where I had to take the science I learned and use my common sense with it right right because nutrition and dietetics teach you the science like I'll be I'm always going to be grateful for understanding how food gets broken down in the body but what they don't teach us is other things that could be factors in the breakdown of food, yeah. right? Like I can know the freaking, you know, enzymes and, you know, all of the mechanisms that go into place to break down a carb or protein and a fat, right? But we're human and there's always other factors that go into it that we don't get taught in school. We just get taught the science and how we apply it really is up to the individual sometimes. It's and that's context. the scary part, right? Yeah. It's context. It's and we're not taught nuance and we're not taught. It's just very black and white thinking. Yeah. And unfortunately that gets really muddied when you're talking to other cultures and you're trying to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. And there's a lot of like predatory behavior on that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's messaging of like, oh, like let's knock you down mm-hmm. and then let's insert this product or service to pick you back yeah. up. It's yeah. the marketing tactics, particularly yeah. for, you know, folks of other cultures is it's scary and gross. Um, so I love how you, you kind of tapped into that early in your career. So, okay. Personally for you, it doesn't sound like you had a strong need for intuitive eating, like some of mm-hmm. our clients do to heal mm-hmm. diet culture, but yeah, intuitive eating is a self-care framework. And if I know anything about you, you love you some self-care. So what would you say like is the biggest benefit you've personally had from intuitive eating? Cause it doesn't sound like the mindset or maybe the mindset stuff was helpful. Like what, what actually was most helpful in your personal life around intuitive eating? I think, I think we've talked about this. I think in the exercise episode, I think exercise was just the one thing that I like didn't care for, didn't really worry about it. Like, and I knew the health benefits of it, right? Like I knew I should be moving and I'm just like glad that I was able to look at it from an intuitive eating perspective before, right? Before I accidentally went down like a rabbit hole, if I wouldn't have had, like, you know, like if, if COVID would have hit and like, I wasn't an intuitive, like I didn't know what intuitive eating was or like known the framework or whatever. I feel like I would have gotten into like a really negative relationship Mm -hmm. with exercise, like super negative. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happened to a lot of people we hear a lot of like shaming too. Like I should Mm -hmm. be doing more. I'm so Mm -hmm. fatigued. Like, Mm -hmm. oof, Um, we're home. I'm not commuting anymore. Like that, a lot of that came up where there was a lot of pressure, but you were able to have the joyful peace Mm -hmm. stay with you because yeah, yeah. I love that. It added something to your life. It added stuff to my life. Something that I never thought that I would like ever care about. If that makes sense. And look at her now. Castellina <laughs> is just smiling on you. <laughs> Come so far. Should I be doing the shadow work? I was gonna say to you, we need to set up like a, a 
Peloton ride again together and have some fun with that. Only if it's Cody. And only if there's videos on, because I love bobbing and seeing our awkward faces sweating. <laughs> yeah. Only if it's Cody. I only ride with Cody. I am very bougie like that. I don't even okay. like, it's, it's sad. I should try other people. I should, you know, I should. I, I have, a, we can, we can chit chat. I also, yeah, we should do a whole episode on the Peloton, Peloton structures. I have, I have thoughts from the, um, IE anti-diet body positive lens for them. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll say yeah. that. We definitely have some thoughts for you. There's pros and cons. That's pros there and are, cons. there are a lot of pros and cons um, to that. So, okay. So movement was the thing that was really mm-hmm. helpful for you. Add to yeah. It. Yes. So you kind of always had a sense, maybe not like a label for what intuitive eating mm-hmm. is. Uh, your BS detector was like, Mm-mm, I can't mm-hmm. practice dietetics traditionally. I know that you did like some teaching work and then mm-hmm. in community work, and then you mm-hmm. created your private practice. Mm-hmm. So when you created your private practice, were you like straight up, like my mission is to bring this uh, intuitive eating, this framework to Latina women. Was it always within you that you really wanted to center this work for Latinas? So when I started my private practice, I was still not in the intuitive eating phase. Uh, Like I was still, I was, so like, I feel like I was a a fake intuitive eating dietitian at that point. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, we dabbled. I was like in the fork in the road where I was like, okay, like I understand diets don't work. I never thought, you know, I still called myself this like anti-diet dietitian, but I was still very much submerged in the like weight loss world, Mm -hmm. right? I was still celebrating weight loss, you know, for clients. I was still pushing that like, let's aim for X amount. Let's aim for this goal, right? Like we were, I was still very much in that realm, but from an anti-diet, you know, air quotes perspective, right? A lot of what we see on social media, a lot of these accounts that are like anti-diet, but weight loss, you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like, or you hear a lot, like I want the client to decide, which is true. Clients always lead. Yes. But I think that, and we talked about this in the episode with Maria, like understanding where people are, are they truly weight loss? Are they truly anti-diet? Are they somewhere in the Mm -hmm. middle? You're going to have a better sense of like, to expect, what are they going to say when I, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might have a preference around that. So Yeah. Yeah. So I was still very much like not fully intuitive eating because I fully didn't understand fat phobia because I'd never, I never dealt with it. Right. Like it was like, I was, I was still very much like sugarcoating the idea that I was being a good dietitian because I was helping people, you know, that was the goal, right. I was helping people become healthier. And we, we are taught in dietetic school that like weight loss equals health. Like there's no sugarcoating that when it comes to our dietetic schooling. So it wasn't until, so I was doing a private practice. I was like picking it up, but it was always geared towards the Latinx community that yes, 100% because I worked in the Philadelphia you know, community. I'm sorry if you hear my kids in the background. I hear you, Bryson. I hear you, Bryson. <laughs> so definitely Latinx geared, but not intuitive eating geared. It was not that at all. And then I went to Heather Kaplan's uh, weight inclusive dietetics wind conference for the first time. And I got, I sat there and I just like, remember feeling like my whole entire life was like 
flipped upside down. Like I felt like the rug was taken from underneath me. And I was like, everything I've known about weight and weight loss has been a lie. Right. Like I always used to tell my clients, like, don't worry about your weight. Right. We're not worried about that. Like, again, it was like this, like what we see on Instagram, what we see on social media, right. This like, it's not about your weight, but it is. That's what, if you're promoting weight loss, it is right? right. So I just remember like sitting there and like crying, like, oh, I felt so bad and guilty for being that dietitian. Again, it was like another crossroads in my career where I was like, I've been actually causing more harm than good, even though my intention was to be good. And like that day, like I left that conference and like never went back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a parallel process that our clients go through Mm -hmm. where like, they kind of start learning things and seeing things. And I think for our clients, the feeling is like the guilt or the grief. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've lost time. They feel sadness that they maybe taught their kids this stuff mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. rooted a friend on. And I, I don't know. I think that's an honest thing to say yeah. is like, we're all learning. And that's part of like learning is feeling some guilt and sadness about yeah. what we didn't know. Yeah. And I think that that's important too. There's something that I saw on a, like I heard it in a podcast maybe it was maintenance phase where they were talking about like, stop putting people on pedestals. Mm -hmm. And I've seen quotes like this floating around, but it's like, we need to understand like you and I have huge followings on social media and people sometimes like take our word and like, it's like, it's Bible, like blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like, you have to understand that we are humans too. And we are also learning as we're helping you through this process. We are learning new things. And so like, Yeah. And always will be. And so we might have done something in the past, said something in the past that again, might've been problematic and we're able to learn from that experience and change it, like, and change who we are and change. Like we need to stop putting like Instagram people and like famous people and just like, you know, people in general on pedestals, like they have to be perfect at all time. And like, they can't learn and evolve. I think that that that's something that like, we need to really understand that no one's perfect and right. and perfectionism is the patriarchy and capitalism and all there of we that. go so like, and we're back you know, we're back, and we're, back to- we're back to circling to that but like you know what I mean like yes I do I like it's, it's hard to admit that we were these types of dietitians yeah but it's also it's important for us to admit that so that our clients know that like we also had to learn and evolve from a very fat phobic weight-centric yeah. world yeah. and it took us time it didn't happen overnight And I'm going to take a little tiny trumpet and toot our horn right now because you and I and all of the anti-diet dietitians had to do some, I will say kind of courageous work in creating practices that, you know, we get a lot of, we get a lot of pushback. We do have to figure out more, um, what's the word, like uh, evolved business models because sometimes insurance doesn't cover intuitive eating work if you're not doing it. It's, it's, it is, it does take time and support and infrastructure to really see this movement through. You're making me think of this quote. What was it? It's like normalize learning new information and changing your mind. That 100%. I have a post about that. (laughs) It's, it's everything. And that's something that, you know, as you go into this process, as you figure out, well, like, why am I here? Why is this important to me? You know, if this grief comes up that Delina is talking about, like, normalize it. It's, it's okay to learn new things and then boldly and bravely in the time it takes move toward the new future. That's what we're all here to do. Model moment from you. I'm trying. 
I'm trying. <laughs> All right. I need to know though. So intuitive eating is a process, which means yeah. it's never done. Sometimes certain skills are more relevant to us than others. What would you say is like your biggest hang up or your biggest struggle as an intuitive eater? Is there some part of it that you find yourself coaching yourself around or reminding yourself a lot? I think for me, body image has always been like one of the bigger ones, even though I was in a straight size body. Like I shared this in like one of the first episodes we ever recorded, like stretch marks was like such a like thing for like my mom always talking about them and like saying like that person's body was ruined because they had stretch marks. And then here I am giving birth and having all these stretch marks. And again, coming from a body that was never criticized and was considered straight size, we evolve and we age and we grow and our bodies do change. And so watching my body changed, change the last few years has also been something that I've had to like coach myself through and like deal with the struggles of like watching my body be different than it was in my twenties now in my thirties, because we are taught by diet culture that we need to stay the same every age. Right. And so like that, even though we, it's really hard to admit that we have these issues, it's something that creeps up and I'm constantly having to like tell that, that little voice to F off, <laughs> like get out of my head because they do come up and, and we're human. And I, I always say to my clients, the goal isn't to never have these thoughts is to have the tools to deal with these thoughts. So right. when I look at something, I'm like, Oh, that has too much sugar. Like I have to reel myself in, like, yeah. Yeah. but for instance, but for sure, body image and the work around understanding that my body is going to change and that my needs are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that probably has been one of the biggest struggles for me. Yeah. Like your whole life. It sounds like you were like praised for like, look, she's not changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is not changing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for years and years and years. And that's yeah. the other end of the coin. Like I find that clients are either like terrified to lose that privilege or that standing mm-hmm. or they're sad or worried. They'll never have it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you flip-flop in those roles depending mm-hmm. on, and those are two really, I think, relatable experiences. Yeah two sides of the coin. If, if gaining weight is scary, then staying the same is, is going to be really valuable. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. She's working with it though. I sure am. (laughs) Your focus has totally been built on your lived experience and what you went through as a person, as a dietetics Mm -hmm. student, what makes you excited about what you're doing? Let's say over the next like year, what are you excited about for you and your clients? I'm really just excited to like spread the word about intuitive eating, even if we're not calling it intuitive eating, like just talking about it, like on the media, talking about it, like to the masses for our culture who has never, ever, ever heard of something like this. Like, I think that that's super cool. Like I just did a whole interview in Spanish for Univision and that was like super weird and also really, really cool because never would I ever think that I would be like on a big platform like that, talking intuitive eating and not even calling it intuitive eating. (laughs) Yeah. Just literally calling it normal eating. And to me, that's really exciting to see so much of how like, maybe we're in a bubble on Instagram or maybe we're not, but like, it just seems like so many people are gravitating towards this message. That's just very beautiful to see. I think so too. 
She looks a little choked up, you guys. She's really feeling this one. Um, it is exciting. <laughs> and I, I think it's both like Instagram is a bubble, but like, for example, I was at a wedding last week and one of my friends was like, you know what? I'm really into anti-diet because of, of what you're posting. She's like, and my mom, who's not on Instagram, was saying, <laughs> and we had a really good conversation. So like, yes, it's a bubble, but like, even if 10% of that bubble yeah. has real conversations and then those people, like- it doesn't have to be everybody to tip the scales and change the culture. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for yeah. what you're doing because there hasn't been great representation in our field. And I'm just grateful that you're so damn good at talking and getting in the media and getting this message out. I hear shaking shit up and uh, <laughs> trying to change the dietetics field. <laughs> I love it. It's true. So usually when we interview people, we ask them to tell us where to find you and what's going on. So I want to do that for you now, even though this is our podcast and technically we're always telling you what we're up to, but Delina, what's going on in your world? Tell the people. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by yours truly. (laughs) That's our little audio that we give you every week. (laughs) Tell them though, you've got Chula Club going on. I've been loving watching it grow. Yes, come into the Chulas Club with us. It's such a fun space. I love, love, love it in there. I get choked up because the conversations are so good. Like, you know, we just had a conversation last night where everybody's like, I literally don't have any other space to talk about this. It's like anywhere else. Yeah, it is. And so we just had such amazing conversations. And, you know, I think that when we call it a membership, it seems very scary. Like, oh my God, am I supposed to be there forever? And we often talk about like, you know, the other memberships that are out there. And I think it's important to understand that it's called a membership, obviously, because we're, we, we want to, sh- you know, give you tools and, you know, have things for you to do every month. Shall you choose to stay with us? But I think for Melissa and I, the goal is never to have you in there forever. Like we don't want to be Weight Watchers or Noom, right? We, we want you to get the tools and get all the information for us and like fly away and just like be amazingly happy on your own. And shall you choose to stay? Of course, we want you to stay with us, you know, but that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not to make you lifetime members, but with a membership, we are trying to make it a little bit more interactive, have more resources for you. So that is the goal with the Chula Club, right? To For you to come in four to six months, learn, yeah, get what you need, learn intuitive eating process from like that cultural lens, have fun with us. We're trying to plan some like fun paint nights and like things that are not diet related. Cause sometimes we just don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Well, that's part of the thing too, is like, you see people connect on more Mm -hmm. than just about the food and the body image all the time. Like I said this in stories of the day, like we miss having those connections. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. You're expanding it. Yeah. We're, we're expanding in that way. We're trying to have other types of activities happen in there, but yeah, come in, hang out with us for as long as you want and need, and then become an, that intuitive eater that we want you to be and live your life fully healed <laughs> from diet culture. Amazing. And so where can people find out about Chula Club if they want to know? Um, okay. So obviously at your.latinanutritionist on Instagram, and then on my website, yourlatinanutrition.com and in the show notes here. Yes. Yes. Always show notes. We tend to put our little resources there. This was great. Uh, I learned a couple new things about you. I love learning new things about you. The more our friendship grows. <laughs> and I hope this helped people maybe connect with some of your why so that you can use some of these intuitive eating principles 
go ahead and rate our episodes. If you're finding them helpful, honest reviews inspire us to make episodes that reflect your needs. I want to thank you for being here and for being who you are. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.